Hello there, friends. I'm Richard Kisnan. We all knew it was coming. Adulthood. Relationships and marriage, business, health, money, bills, fitness. If you're like me, we didn't think that life would come at us like this. I welcome you to join me for raw, authentic, and hopefully really fun conversations about coming into your own as an adult and to help you create a powerful life of your design. This is the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hey there, AR Nation. I've got a quick announcement I'd like to share with you. It's about an incredibly powerful, high-ticket marketing community that I'm a proud member of. It's called the Super Affiliate Accelerator. This program's absolutely for you if you want to be successful online. Whether you're a beginner looking to get started with an online business, and also if you already have an online business but struggling to reach your goals. The Super Affiliate Accelerator is run by three experienced and amazing coaches. Between the three of them, they've sold millions of dollars in products and services online across all different industries. Why I find the Super Affiliate Accelerator so powerful is because of its unique all-in-one blend of a proven training program, weekly coaching and mentoring from an amazing group of accomplished internet marketers, and a private mastermind community of like-minded and supportive business owners and professionals. For a limited time, the SAA coaches are offering a complimentary business strategy call. So whether you're a coach or consultant, if you provide professional services, or if you just want to start an online business, but you're confused or overwhelmed with where or how to start, I invite you to check out this incredible program, the Super Affiliate Accelerator. And you can learn more today by visiting richardkistnan.com forward slash SAA. Again, that's richardkistnan.com forward slash SAA. Now, let's get to today's amazing episode. Hello there, friends. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Kistnan. I am so thankful, so grateful, so appreciative of you spending your time and energy here with me on the podcast, wherever you are, doing whatever it may be you're doing in the world. Um, I'll just share this at the time of this recording. What a frazzled day. I was just sharing it <laughs> pre-recording with our guest. Uh, oh my, my dog ate poison. Oh man, what, how it ruined my day. But you know, we're working through it. He's lounging right now. He's just asleep, taking a nap. I'm sure he'll wake up looking for peanut butter, but he's well, all's well in the world. And I'm super excited to have our guest on the show today, Elena Zenger. We, we kind of met randomly. I was doing, you know, this is not the first time this happened, but met uh, as I was doing some cold outreach uh, via Facebook connected. I just checked out your profile. You seem to have a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, well, invited you to the show. You said yes. So Elena, welcome to the Adulthood Reasonable Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be here and it's great that you invited me on. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really happy and excited to share your story because, um, when we talked, you just seem to have a very, very positive energy. Like some people have just great vibes and you have great vibes. I, I can sense that right away. So let me do this. Let me shut up. Let me pull back and let me yield the floor to you. If, if you, if you like, um, spend a few minutes just sharing about who you are, your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so <laughs> my story is quite a long one though. I'm super young, so I'm only 20 years old. Um, but how I kind of got started into this whole business thing was I am, um, 
I'm working on homeschooling and teaching parents how to master their homeschooling and helping their kids love learning. Um, and how I kind of got into that was I was homeschooled all growing up. So my mom, she, uh, she decided to homeschool my oldest sister when she was going into first grade. So she was going to go sign her up for the homeschool and everything. And, uh, sorry for the public school. And then she just felt like the worst feeling. She was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Not going to sign her up for this. And so then she was like, okay, well, we're just going to homeschool. And she's done that with me and my five siblings for our entire life. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started and introduced into homeschool. And um, I really got passionate about it and wanted to do something about it um, when I was a junior in high school. So um, I was homeschooled in high school as well. So I did an online high school. Um, but there were a couple of classes that I needed to take over at the local public school. Um, and I just went over, to, went over to the local public school for those classes. And I remember the first time that I was walking in there, it was literally my first time being in a public high school. Like I had not gone to public elementary school, public school in junior high or anything like that. And so just walking into that building and being in that environment in the classroom, I just hated it like I hated it it felt like a gel cell the walls were like super white in this particular school so it kind of felt like a little bit like an insane asylum and just like having to like sit still in the desk it was everything that school wasn't to me because school was about oh exploring learning uh trying new things sitting where I wanted to sit taking breaks when I wanted to take breaks that kind of thing um and so like it really like was super like, oh, like, oh my gosh, like homeschool has made such a big difference in my life. Um, and I really noticed that when I went to that public school. Um, and then I finally started to believe that I could make a difference with homeschool when um, one of like my dance coaches approached me and was like, hey, like my daughter's really struggling with math. Would you be willing to tutor her in math. Like if we pull her out of the public school, you can tutor her, her and homeschool her. And that was like super stressful because now I just have this kid's whole like math education placed into my hands. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do with her. Like uh, I'm just gonna like play it by ear, that kind of thing. Um, but that really started me on my journey of, oh, I can actually help parents. I've had so much experience with this tutoring um, kids and then helping my siblings and seeing my mom do it. My aunts have also homeschooled. So that is kind of how I got introduced to homeschooling. And that's how I wanted to start my own business um, with homeschooling. As far as like my drive to start my own business, I have always wanted to be my own boss. Like my goal has been to be my own boss. Um, and so like even as um, a young kid, I did like a bread business I had a window business that I did because I was just so determined not to have like a boss and not to work for anybody. And so like, I did not go out and get the traditional like high school job. I just like, okay, well, what can I do to make money that I can do like and be my own boss in? Um, and so that's kind of how it got started. Um, as far as other things about me, I am a professional ballroom dancer and that's um, something I've been doing for a long time. I've been doing it for 12 years. Um, and I've just, I absolutely love that. It's a hobby, but it's like an intense hobby. I spend lots and lots of time at the studio dancing, practicing. I also teach couples, which is super fun. 
Um, and so that's just a little bit about me. No, that's, that's not a little bit. That's a lot. So <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. So I appreciate you sharing all of that. Let's, let's talk about homeschooling for a bit because it's actually very relevant right now as we're recording this, um, at least, I don't, know, I don't know how it is. I think you're out in Utah, as we discussed. Uh, here in New York City, there's been a, like this weird dynamic where you've had the option of having children, students learn remotely versus choosing, electing, going to school on the hybrid model. Um, and I think with the parents that I, I've spoken with, I'm not, a, I'm not a parent myself, so I, fortunately, I don't have to make that decision, but parents have really struggled with like figuring out what's good for their children and i i know that i've had people broach the idea of homeschooling so I, I, maybe you can share a little bit about your experience being homeschooled your siblings being homeschooled your mom your family essentially homeschooling and some of the things that maybe people aren't initially aware of when when they hear the concept of of being homeschooled and, and putting their kids through homeschooling for sure um so I think one of the main things that I've learned just from being in this homeschool world for so long is that it's really, really hard and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of dedication. Um, but I think it's ultimately worth it. And I think the thing that a lot of parents don't realize about homeschool is that homeschool is not public school in the home. You're not gonna take the public school system and put it in the home, meaning you don't have to force your kids to sit at a desk. You don't have to do school for six hours a day. You don't have to follow a certain curriculum. Um, homeschool is very, very individualized and it's um, very much about what works for your family. And so that means that you can mix and match curriculums, you can, make your homeschool very, very untraditionalized. So it doesn't have to be, okay, uh, you have to do this school at this time. It's okay, if you want to, like, we're only gonna do school for this amount of time, and now let's go and explore. Let's go and learn new things, that kind of way. Um, and it's like, okay, you don't have to sit at a desk. If you want to like sit on the floor and do your school, then do that. Um, and so, just from being homeschooled and uh, working with my siblings and working with the people that I tutor, I've just noticed the benefit of homeschool being individualized. And you can sit one-on-one -on -one with the kid and you can teach from their learning style and you can guide them and help them. And I think that's one of the things I'm most grateful for with my homeschooling is that my mom did that with each of my siblings and me, she sat down and she worked with each one of us individually and she taught us in our learning styles. And she says, okay, like you don't have to move fast through this. Like if you don't understand this math concept, that's fine. We're going to actually take the time to make sure you understand it instead of like, oh, okay, you don't understand it. Well, the whole class is moving ahead of you. You just need to catch up. It's we're actually going to make sure that you understand it. And so it's that individualized, that untraditionalness of homeschool that I think a lot of parents don't realize when getting into it or when looking into it is that homeschool is not public school in the home. It's, it's homeschool. It's you get to choose, you get to pick and choose, and you really get to um, create and um, work with what's best for your family. Another issue that's been echoed quite a bit 
is the concern that children, be, because children aren't being uh, taught in schools, and especially, again, this is maybe more in like urban settings, but having that interaction with other students, that maybe there's a loss or a lack of development of social skills. How, how would that be addressed, again, for somebody who's not familiar at all with homeschooling and how it could work for them, how would you address the issue of the, the social component, the social growth that comes with interacting with other students, let's say in a public school setting? Yeah, I love that. And this question is huge. Like a lot, this is a big worry for a lot of parents. Like, okay, if I take my kid out of the public school, like, are they going to have friends? Are they going to know how to talk to people and hold a conversation and things like that? Um, and I think me and my siblings are a great example of this because we do know how to talk to people. We do know how, how to hold conversations. And what's funny is like, we'll approach people and like, when I first meet people and they like learn about me and then I share that I'm homeschooled, they go, Oh, I would have never guessed that you're homeschooled because like there's this stereotypical idea that, Oh, homeschoolers don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to socialize. And it's like, okay, yes, there are a couple homeschoolers like that, but there also are public schoolers like that too. And so I think for that aspect of homeschooling, um and getting that socialization is have them do extracurricular activities um and just because they are homeschooled doesn't mean that they can't do public school activities right they can still go to the football games they can still go to the dances to prom to things like that um and having like like sending them to those things could help as well um, extracurricular activities helped a lot. So me being in dance, that was where I got a lot of my socialization. Um, but I think the number one important thing to dealing with socialization and homeschooling is teaching your kids, teaching your kids how to communicate and how to hold a conversation and how to interact with different people. Um, because even though I had dance as my extracurricular and that's where I socialized, even though I went to a couple of the dances at my local high school, the biggest thing is that my mom is super good at communicating. She is super good at public speaking, at expressing about socializing, things like that. And she taught us how to do that. And I think that is really important as parents, you just need to teach your kids how to communicate how to interact and be in social situations. And um, that I think makes the biggest difference. Another issue that, again, parent friends of mine that they've come to experience as a result of COVID and shutdown has been the difficulty in teaching, right? And how much, they, they, how much work teachers do regularly. Um, and again, I'm just, I know people that work in, let's say the public school setting. For anyone who, again, maybe they've never thought about homeschooling as an option, like, but they have no idea how to teach, right? What are some of the initial objections or fears maybe that some of the, some of the parents that you speak to have um, about the actual act of homeschooling? Um, if they don't feel, maybe it might be not, they don't feel equipped or they don't, they don't know how to, how to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, is it pedagogy like the the this art of teaching whatever it is um, yeah 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 how would you how would you if, if you had someone who contacts you about like I, I don't I'm not a teacher I didn't go to school for education right um but 
I'm considering homeschooling. What, how would you address those objections that come up from parents? Yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of parents are worried about this. They're worried about, okay, well, I never had any teaching experience. I don't know how to do this, all those things. Um, they're also worried about, oh, am I teaching my kid enough, right? Um, getting into homeschooling, you don't have a public school curriculum telling you what to do. You don't have, oh, they need, by first grade, they need to know this. By this grade, they need to know this. When you enter into the homeschool, it's, you get to decide. You get to decide, oh, what things do I want to teach them? What things do they need to know? Um, and what I would say to that is I, you don't need to worry about that because you have already been teaching your kids just from having them and teaching them to grow up and doing that, you have already been interacting with them. You have already been helping them and teaching them. And so it's not as big as, it doesn't need to be as big a worry as people make it because you already have that experience, even if you have not gone to school and know how to be a teacher. Um, as far, um, another thing that I think is important is show by example right? They look up to you, right? You will be your kid's best teacher because you are with them so much, because you are their role model, you are their parents, and you're showing them how things work. So it's really important to lead by example and to show through your actions how to react to things, how to respond to things, and how to learn about things. Um, another thing that if parents do struggle with teaching is it comes down to the patience side of things. It's a lot of parents lash out at their kids when they are being ornery or they're being annoying or they're being uh, all over the place, right? And a lot, a lot of parents just go, okay, no, like go to your room, we'll do this later, right? But it's about, okay, we're not gonna fight fire with fire or I'm going to stay calm and I'm going to be patient and we're gonna work through this. So it's about showing up and being supportive to your kid and going, okay, I'm going to sit here with you through, through all of it, through the thick, and then I'm going to help you through all of it. We're, we're going to work through this together. Um, and that's another thing is just learning with your kid, learning and being there with your kid. When I first started tutoring that girl in math, like that was a lot of pressure on me. Like I had not taught anybody how to do math before. And what was funny is when I was um, in high school and things like that, like math was a struggle for me. Like I struggled a lot through math. So I did feel really inadequate. I was like, whoa, like I was bad at math in, in high school. Like how can I even like teach her this? Um, because I was not great at it. Right. But I found that, okay, I am going to learn with her. I'm going to, to learn and understand the concept. And then I'm going to teach it to her. Right. You don't have to be this math whiz, this math genius. You don't have to be this like super great teacher. You just have to be one step ahead of them and you're good. <laughs> That's what I was going to say in, in, in business, <laughs> the, the rule is just be one step ahead of your audience. Um, sort of, you know, pulling on that thread a little bit, in addition to just maybe the insecurities of not knowing how to teach or, or lack of experience in being a teacher. Another thing that's, that's again, come up with parents that I've spoken with is the separation of roles and, and creating boundaries in the home, especially now when you're trying to be whatever may constitute a parent, whatever may constitute being, you know, so a lot of people working from home and then also teaching, right? So at a minimum, it's like three 
possibly discrete roles. How do you how do you encourage parents or families that you may be consulting with to navigate those those boundaries? Yeah, for for sure. Um, and my mom actually struggled with this a lot when she first started homeschooling. She was like, okay. Uh, do I need to have a very clear line? Like, okay, am I teacher here, mom here? Like, do I need to draw that line? And she actually tried it out a bit for the first couple of years that she was homeschooling us. Um, she tried like, okay, I'm going to put an apron on when I'm mom and I'm going to take the apron off when I'm teacher. Um, but she just found as she was working with us and helping us through all of our struggles, our challenges, um, that really your mom all the time, your dad all the time. Um, there is not that difference because you're in the home, because you're doing home learning. Um, and so my suggestion for that is if it is a struggle, if you're having hard trying to uh, be a help, like teach the kids, but still be mom, is have specific times when it's, this is school time, this is when we're doing it. So like if nine to 12 is your school time, then that is when mom is teacher. That is when we're learning, that is when we're doing education, things like that. And then once that time is done, once that block of time is over, now I, I'm not teacher anymore. Now I've opened up, now we can go and do things, we can explore, things like that. Um, but as far as creating that difference in the kids' minds, I, I really don't think that there is a difference. It's your parent all the time. Um, and so it's just being clear about when is learning time and when is fun play time. And then just being very um, consistent and strict with those, those time blocks. It, so now if you, if you don't mind, I'd like to jump back a little bit, right? So you shared that one of your the huge passions in your life is dance, ballroom dance particularly. Yeah. Um, maybe if you can share a little about why that is um, it, it, in your sort of your bio and some of the stuff you share about yourself, uh, you indicated that maybe it was initially to something triggered by your sister and her not getting too ahead. Um, but maybe a little about like how your passion for, for dance really came out and how you've sustained that over the last 10 plus years. Yeah. So it was actually because my sister, so my sister started dancing when she was eight. And so I was six. Um, and just seeing her start that kind of as a younger sibling, you're like, oh, well, in order for me to be cool, I have to do whatever my older sibling is doing. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of how I actually got started into it. I was like, okay, well, my older sister's doing this, so I've got to do it in order to be cool or whatever. Um, and then it just kind of grew. It grew into a love. It grew into, oh, like, I really enjoy this. Um, and I think one of the main reasons I've been able to stick with it and just continue to grind at it every single day um, is that I really just enjoy the hard work. It dance, bomb dance is super like meticulous. It's super get in, do your exercises every day, work with a partner every single day. And so I really just, I love getting in and digging into that hard work and just seeing that improvement and seeing that improvement as I go and compete at competitions and as I video myself and watch myself dancing, like that is super rewarding to me. Um, another thing is that dancing really does, especially ballroom dancing really teaches you how to communicate with somebody else because you are spending four to five hours a day with your partner. 
and you have to discuss, you have to discuss dancing, you have to discuss what you want, what you don't want, all these things. And so it's funny because we call it, me and my siblings, because my siblings dance as well, um, we call it like a marriage, but you're not married because <laughs> it, you're working, you're spending so much time with this person. And so you do really have to learn how to communicate like you do in a marriage. Um, and so I love that aspect to it too. Like um, I did go and try ballet for a little bit, but the thing that I miss most when doing ballet is that I miss that partner interaction. And yeah, there's a lot of times when it sucks and it's hard, but like I've learned so much communication from it. And um, it's really fun to be able to go and put your souls out on the floor and create something beautiful with another person. Um, now, probably the main thing out of all the things that I've loved the most about ballroom dancing is um, how I've learned how to um, control and express my emotions. Um, I think that a lot of times people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to be sad. They don't know how to be angry in a way that does not harm themselves or other people. They don't know how to express joy um, in a way that other people can see that. Um, and I love that about dance is you don't get words. You don't, you can't use words. Um, you have to use your body. You have to use interpretation, things like that. And so it's opening that creativity and learning, oh, okay. I, I can embrace all of my emotions. I can, this is how I can express it. This is how I can show it. And bringing that to other people and seeing that and seeing how that impacts other people is really neat. And I think that's why I love dance the most is just how much it's allowed me to embrace and learn how to express all of my emotions. That, that's, that's actually pretty powerful. It sounds like you've in, in and through dance, you've developed a lot of awareness of again, what you're feeling, what you're thinking and like letting that be, which is really powerful. Um, it's, it's something that I've spent a lot of money, and a lot of coaching on <laughs> to try to get yes. to that place. Yeah, um, for sure. In addition to, to being a competitive dancer, you also teach, right? What, and those, those are two, I mean, I, those are two different things. So what about the teaching aspect, um, like drives you? There are some people who love the, whether it's dance or sports or, like you love the, the technical part of it, being the technician, but now this is more of managing and being like the administrative part of it. So why did you decide to do that? And, and what about that do you get some satisfaction? Yeah, um, I think for, from teaching, the biggest thing that I love to do is I love to see uh, the couples that I teach gain that control over their emotions and gain that expression. Um, Another thing is I really do enjoy teaching people how to work hard. I, I consider myself a very hard worker. And um, I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to be disciplined and things like that. And so I love being able to teach them how to do that because I think it's such an important skill people need in their lives if they're going to succeed in anything. No matter what you do, you have to have some sort of discipline. And so bringing that to people in their dancing is super, super enjoyable for me. Um, but the most, the thing I, I really like a lot is that it, it really helps me just become a better teacher um, and a better dancer. 
because I go, oh, wait, how, how would I really do this? Because when you're teaching it to somebody, you have to step back and you have to go, oh, wait, what am I actually doing here? What am I actually teaching here? Because if you're just competing and dancing, you could be like, oh, I don't really have to think about it. I'm just going to do it. Right. But you actually have to break it down. You have to understand why things work the way they do. Um, why this is that way. How can you accomplish it better? And so as I'm teaching my students, okay, this is how you can do this better. I'm also going, oh, that's how I can do that better. And so it helps me become a better competitor, a better dancer, um, while also helping them be better themselves. Now you shared from, from the beginning, you're very entrepreneurial. You're not gonna work for someone else. So I, I feel you on that one. What about that resonates with you? Oh, um, I just think it's the freedom. The freedom to, to be and do everything that you wanna do. Um, I really feel like being confined to what society says you have to do with your life, um, like go to college, get a nine to five job, support a family, all those things. I just feel like it's so confining. Like I want to go and be and do and create and inspire people in the way that I feel I want to do that. And so I feel like entrepreneurship gives me that freedom. It gives me that opportunity to go and do that. And um, I just really felt that these past couple of years. So I went to two semesters of college and I was just like, why, why am I even here? Like, why, why would I want to do this? Like, I'm not passionate about what I'm trying to major in, um, all these things. And I just realized I don't want to do that. So I stopped college and just jumping into entrepreneurship and just, it opened up so much possibility for me. I can impact people. I can do what I love every single day and have every single day feel like a vacation and feel just the love of it. Right. Um, and feel the passion of it. And if I could bring that to other people, then, then I would feel fulfilled instead of being confined to what society says is a good life. Now, one thing that I was curious about is your decision to pursue, like create and pursue a business in homeschooling. I, I understand that that's a big part of your life as is dancing. And so I'm curious, like what was, I, I, I think if I were to just generalize and maybe hedge my bet, I would say, well, she's been dancing competitively and coaching for 12 years. Like that would be the focus of, of her business. So why, why did you make the decision to pursue homeschooling as, as an endeavor now? Yeah. Um, I think the moment was when I finally believed that I could make an impact with it. And it's not that I don't believe that I can make an impact with my dancing. It's just, I, I love the competition side of dancing. I love being out on the floor and showcasing what I can do, but not necessarily making it a business and really expanding my clientele and teaching a lot because the more I, I teach, the less I get to compete. And so I love the competing side of things. Um, but when I really realized that I can make an impact with homeschooling was this girl that I was tutoring. She, when I first, when she first came to me and she was struggling, she was getting D's and in her classes, her math class. And, um, 
just working with her and spending a couple of years working with her and changing her mindset about math. Um, I believe there was just one day where she just comes to me and she goes, Oh, like, I like math. Like, I think math is really cool. And like, that was so simple, but I was like, like she hated math before and she like she went on and she was able to get her first a ever in her math class and like that was super big because i was just like i can help her i can help her see that math has value in her life even if like she's not going to be a mathematician or an accountant or anything like that um and it just really fueled that passion in me to oh i can really go and help other kids, other kids realize that your life does not have to go the way that society says it has to go. Um, and that's how I've been with my life is my life has been so untraditional. Um, and bringing that to other people and showing them, yes, it's going to be better if you do what you love and you can make money doing what you love. If I can show them that and teach them that through homeschool um, and through their education, then it's going to serve them and it's going to help them become better people and just love their lives, which is what I want to help people do is just love your life because I love my life. I love waking up every single morning and being able to work on my business and then going and dancing. I love how I don't have to go to a nine to five job and sit at a desk because life is not about making a living. Life is about living and enjoying every single moment. And, um, so bringing that to other people through education is what I felt very strongly about and what I wanted to do. I hear about the difference between making a living and making a life, like living your life. Cause that's, that's something that I, that's actually one of the reasons why I ended up finally launching this podcast. I was like, okay, you know, I, I, I've been in business for myself now for 10 years, but kind of realized as much as I care about the people that I work with, I want to help them achieve their goals like the actual act of, of what I was doing and running a law firm, like it's good, but I don't feel great. And it's again, it's not the work. It's just, I feel like there's more in, for me to give to the world and whatnot. So um, I totally hear you on, on all of that. Um, the, I want to ask you some practical questions about launching your homeschooling business. Um, what, what challenges or obstacles have you faced practically speaking and, actually creating the business and figuring out like message to market, who your audience is, reaching them. What kind of challenges or obstacles have you faced so far? If, if you want to share them. Yeah, totally. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I have faced just starting this new business um, is dealing with the uncertainty of it, dealing with, Oh, I really don't know how to do like any of this stuff. I don't, I don't know how to market. I don't know how to do and sell my things online. Like, can I actually reach people? Can I actually like help people? Will people even listen to me? So it's like that doubt and uncertainty dealing with that. Um, that was a big deal for me. Um, another thing was just imposter syndrome. Like I am 20. I don't have any kids, but I'm going to go and teach moms about how to teach their kids. Like it sounds so like ironic and weird. Like why would a 20 year old be teaching moms how to teach their kids when she doesn't have kids? Um, and so like dealing with that imposter syndrome and going, no, I actually do know what I'm talking about. I have spent so much time learning about this, uh, observing it, being in it and, choosing and being aware of it. 
Um, and so like dealing with that has been, has been definitely a challenge. Um, and another thing is that I'm kind of a perfectionist. So it's convincing myself that the done is the new perfect, like just getting it done and putting your time into it, the time that needs to be put into it. And then launching it, getting your content out there is, is going to be the best thing for your business. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, but just sharing it and getting it out to your audience and to the world, uh, that has been uh, a struggle for me for sure. <laughs> has there been, and maybe we touched on this a little bit earlier when we talked about sort of the insecurities or maybe objections that parents have, but is there something that, that, in the conversations you've had with families so far, something that really made you wonder or wish this were easier for some people. And the reason I bring that up, there are going to be families that have struggles with like homeschooling may not be an option, right? Because of work or income, whatever it may be. Um, has there been a conversation you've had where, as much as like you believe in homeschooling and want it for families that, you know, maybe that doesn't exist and, you know, the impact of that. Um, yeah. So like you're asking maybe like some people can't do it, that kind of thing. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what better way to put it because I want to say that for every circumstance, there's a way to get done what you want to get done. Um, but I, I do recognize that for some families, for some people, they may be, you know, I, some of the clients that I work with, right? They're single parents that maybe work multiple jobs um, and they, they rely on public school as like a source of childcare and so on and so forth. But, you know, if there's been a conversation you've had or, or multiple conversations you had where, yeah, maybe, maybe they feel like they can't, the circumstances are such that they can't, um, or maybe something else where it seems like as much as you believe in homeschooling for everyone, that it, it just isn't, it's not a possibility. Yeah. Um, I have had a lot of conversations with that because there are a lot of single moms. There are a lot of working dads that like, okay, I can't dedicate that much time to teaching my kids. Um, and they like come to me and they go, well, what can I do? Like I'm working a full-time job. I have three kids. They're not in public school. Like, how can I teach them? And it's hard because I don't know the answer to that. I'm like, um, well, you could get a tutor, uh, but like you have to be there to dedicate that time to your homeschooling. And so it is hard, um, to, face that fact that yes, there are people that it's going to be really hard to dedicate time to your kids, which is why I have been focusing so much on, okay, what goes beyond the homeschool and the public school? Like I believe homeschool is the opportunity. It creates the opportunity to help kids love learning, but it's like, okay, what's more than that? Like what, like what can be more than that? Even if they have to go to public school, how can I still help and teach kids to find that love to find that exploration that curiosity and learning which i think is squashed a lot by the public school like so i've been thinking a lot about that and and trying to like brainstorm ideas um and things like that so yeah it, it's hard coming across those those things because um it's just like i don't know the answer to you there's a stat, I think it was, what was it? Um, like 
80 to 90% of people who start an online course don't complete it. The reason I broached that is I'm curious about your opinion on the role of, or the increasing role of virtual learning um, and may, how that may be used, incorporated, how it adds or subtracts to the idea of homeschooling. Um, I personally like virtual learning a lot. Um, that was my whole high school experience because I did an online high school and it was a worldwide school. So I had people from different countries in my classes. Um, and I love that. Like, I love being able to hear about their different cultures and things like that. And that was something that online was able to give me that you would never be able to have in, in a, like in-person situation. Um, however, I think that with it being online and everything, it requires a lot more time management and a lot more discipline from the kids themselves because it's so easy to get distracted online. There's, there's YouTube, there's social media, um, there's so many different things when being in person, you can put those things away and give 100% focus to that. Um, so my opinion about that is making sure that it's it's balanced, um, making sure that you can balance those things and you do have time away from the screen and you purposefully plan that time, but then time on the screen is also focused. Um, so it's about teaching and embracing uh, that discipline and that time management that you do need to have while being on the computer. And I think a lot of people need to learn how to do that because it's so easy to get distracted online. Um, just touching on that real quick, I actually interviewed someone on the podcast a couple episodes ago. I'll link it up, I guess, in the show notes. But someone he coaches people through screen addiction and social media addiction. Very fat, like that was that was for me a very interesting to talk about because it's it's such a like subtle problem that very few people that I I know would ever admit to. But I mean, even myself, I'm, pro I'm probably guilty of it too. So it's a very, very interesting and real problem. Um, go, turning back to the business, what would constitute, I, I mean, have you thought about a year from now, a couple of years from now, what, what your earmarks for success are? So what does that look like for you? Yeah, so <laughs> I haven't thought a crazy amount about it because I have just like been so overwhelmed with, okay, let's get this thing going. Like, how am I going to start this? Um, that kind of thing. But um, a couple of things that I have coming up that I really want to bring to my audience and things like that is just continuing to grow my Facebook group and sharing content through there um, and continue to reach out to other Facebook groups that have homeschool moms and just connecting with moms one-on-one -on -one and being like, how can I help you? How can um, like my experience, my my knowledge, how can I offer more to you? Um, and creating those free courses that I can give to them and then creating some more like high-end things that they could buy that could really help them. Um, so for me, like as far as like money-wise and things like that, I would love to be making like a good like 2000 in the next year, like a month on my business. Like that would be great. Um, but I would just most of all love to just be continuing to spread my impact by growing my Facebook group um, and connecting one-on-one -on -one with moms. Very awesome. Um, just curious, uh, 
because I don't know much about ballroom dancing, but what is a ten dancer? I saw that I saw that in in some of your writing. Uh, what yes. exactly is a ten dancer? <laughs> yeah, so um, there are different styles in ballroom dancing. So there's four main styles. Um, there's ballroom or standard, standard, Latin, smooth, and rhythm. And the two main styles that people usually start doing when they start ballroom dance is standard and Latin. And there's five dances in each style. And so when you're a 10 dancer, that means that you do all five standard dances and you do all five Latin dances and you compete them when you go to your comps. So some people just decide to do smooth, which only has four dances. So some people are go, okay, I'm a smooth dancer. So I'm only competing in the smooth. Um, but 10 dancers are the ones who compete in both the standard and the Latin categories, and they're doing 10 dances at the competitions. I hope you have comfortable shoes when you compete. <laughs> <That's a lot> uh, <laughs> yeah, about that. We actually end up dancing um, in like the girls dance in like two and a half to three inch heels. So like, yeah. We're dancing in heels. And so it's <laughs> it's definitely not the most comfortable thing, but the heels look super pretty. And I think that's the reason why we do it because they look pretty and they create pretty lines. And so it's just kind of like point shoes. Point shoes uh, destroy your feet as do ballroom shoes. Um, but they, yeah, they're not the most comfortable thing, but they look pretty. <laughs> I, I get, I, I did salsa dancing for just a teeny weeny bit. Um, and I remember the dance shoes. Oh man, we had a, a parade that we performed in one day and I ended up with bloody heels. After that, I was never going to do that again. Yeah, I, I cannot even tell you the amount of blisters that I've had. Uh, just when people say blood, sweat and tears, yep, that is definitely ballroom. <laughs> Elena, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing. Again, this is a very interesting conversation. I think a very relevant conversation that a lot of families are having. Um, I know clients of mine, have, I've had that conversation with them. I didn't know where to point them, uh, but it's definitely a really relevant uh, conversation. So I appreciate you sharing your thoughts uh, and insight on that. If you can, where, where can people connect with you um, and maybe even the Facebook group? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Adelaina Zinger. Also, my Facebook group is called Mastering Your Homeschooling and Helping Your Kids Love Learning. If you uh, search that up in the groups, it should pop up. Um, I'm working on some things. There's master classes in there, uh, questions, things like that. And so covering a lot there. If you also want to look on Instagram, you can find me at Elena double underscore Zinger. Um, and yeah, I would love to see you guys in my Facebook group. Very awesome. Again, Elena Zenger, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your insight on this. Uh, and until next time, Air Nation, take care, be well. Bye for now. Hey there, Air Nation. Before we go, I wanted to remind you of the Super Affiliate Accelerator. Whether you're looking to get started with an online business or if you're struggling to see the traction you've been hoping for in your current online business, the Super Affiliate Accelerator can help you see the success that you want in your business and in your life. The Super Affiliate Accelerator is an all-in-one, high-ticket marketing community where you'll get access to proven training, weekly coaching and mentoring from seasoned and accomplished marketers who've sold millions of dollars in products and services online as well as access to a private mastermind community of like-minded and supportive business owners and professionals. Right now, the SAA coaches are offering a free complimentary business strategy call. 
So if you're ready to build a strong and profitable online business and brand, take advantage of the complimentary business strategy call today and learn more about the Super Affiliate Accelerator by visiting richardkiston.com forward slash SAA.